for us, but also it's a total decade. I am so looking forward to that major breakthrough. I'll tell you what, COVID, that demonic thing, I come against you in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. It is demonic. It has to go right back, as Scripture says. It has to go right back exactly where it came from, and it came from the pit of hell. I don't care if pit of hell used mankind to do it. It doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is I know where sickness and disease and death comes from. And in Jesus' name, I proclaim that. I proclaim a, pro a protection over you at work. I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Let's pray, in Jesus' name, for all those, all those that are working in the medical field, all those that are the police officers, everybody that's involved, our military, God, business owners, blessings upon blessings, wisdom, insight, confidence to be able to do greater things. And Lord, I thank you that the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit rules and reigns in our life, that healing physically, spiritually, emotionally, in our minds and our thoughts, we would break through into the understanding and the revelation of your word. And we give you honor for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you as you were seated. And uh, men, sign up. We're going to have a great time. I know the food is going to be great. I also know the spiritual food is going to be wonderful. It's going to be uh, tasteful and it's going to change lives. Invite your friends. In, invite your golf buddies. Invite your workout buddies. Invite your guys that you hang out with at work. Bring them out and, and treat them to this amazing meal, spiritually and physically, and go ahead and pay for it. It's a big whopping five bucks. You never get anything cheaper than that, especially today, amen? Breakfast that used to cost four or five dollars now costs 13 to 15 dollars. Children's ministry. Thank you. So many of you have signed up for volunteer. You've been called, but it's not too late. You can sign up for that next door. It's amazing. And let me just say to you, next week I have an amazing announcement to give you and what God's going to begin doing in our church. We have for the last 15 years have been taking care of what God gave us. And God is now beginning to bless us with, with an abundance uh, in our facility and everything. And so next week I'll be announcing to you uh, an amazing and, uh, and also where you can be a part of what we are doing. And it's going to be great. I'm finalizing everything this afternoon with our church council, and uh, we will uh, enjoy that. Again, I know that Pastor Dan uh, gave the announcements, and we do that for a reason so that we could just dive into the Word, because that's really important to us, getting the Word. But once in a while, I would feel led to just really be family and uh, to shepherd you into the realization of how important these things are. Uh, our Easter production, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So we have a whole weekend. You say, well, that's going to be really busy. Well, let me tell you, Jesus was busy to die for us and raise again. And I think we can glorify his name by worshiping on Friday, by worshiping on Saturday and Sunday, and giving thanks uh, for the breakthrough into our lives that today we can live a life with no sin because of the righteousness of Jesus Christ, his blood. So I want to encourage you to be there. Uh, next week, I begin a mini-series on Easter, so we will be talking about Easter uh, next Sunday and the following Sunday, which is Easter Sunday. And so we're going to change up what we talk about but uh, I've been waiting to be able to share this truth with you beginning next week. And by the way, if you weren't at VFAM last Sunday night, you missed it. I'm telling you, you missed it. Uh, the people, we had a blast. We had an overabundance of people. And uh, we laughed. We prayed. We did a lot of things together. The kids had a blast. 
and the adult kids had a blast too. And uh, so it was, it was a great time. You missed it. So just remember when we announce it again, come on, because, uh, you know, we, that, that taco uh, guy was pretty good, wasn't he? And uh, so we might have to do that another time. So anyways, well, let's dive into the word. Romans chapter 11, we're going to begin reading in there. But as we continue to talk about worship, I want to deal with something that is so simple today, but let me say it this way, it's uniquely complex about our worship, about what worship is. Remember, we talked about at the beginning a couple weeks ago about the watershed worship. In other words, how uh, North America, the you know, a thousand miles is, is watered by the watershed that is on the top uh, of the mountains. And the, the Rocky Mountains, it's also in Canada, but it flows down and the greatest fruitfulness of the land, the land and the plains comes from that watershed. And so what we're talking about is watershed worship. Remember that God planned for us to worship, to serve him, and it was a blessing as we do that there is a river that is underneath in heaven, the throne of God, the throne of the Father where he sits. And as we worship, the Bible tells us that it gets even deeper and wider. And it continues to flow just like that watershed uh, in the mountains. Verse 33, I want to begin to describe the heart of what we must have regarding our worship and, and the why of worship. Sometimes people will get to a place because we understand why God created worship is so he could bless us. Then we want to just worship more because we want more blessings. Well, that's cool. That's real. That's truth. But I'll tell you, we need to worship God because of who he is. And the struggle with Israel was they worshiped him because of what he did, what he did for them. Moses, the Bible tells us, worshiped God because he knew his ways. He knew his character. So let's read this. It says, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has become his counselor, or who has first given to him, and it shall be repaid to him. For of him and through him and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever. Can you just raise your hands right now and just say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Verse 1 of Romans 12. So I beseech you, therefore, because of what I just said, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We'll come back to this in a little bit. But let me just share just a little bit here. And this coming December, it will mark 43 years ago, I was appointed as a youth pastor here at this church. In the 43 years of ministry, I have experienced many ways of growth for the church, from children to youth, singles. My wife and I, when we left here in 82, we ran youth camps and uh, seven weeks of about 700 kids each week. And we saw the growth of that. We saw children's ministry growth, youth ministry, singles, marrieds. We saw adult ministries 
uh, just grow and grow and church grow. We saw the, the, the church in North Carolina just explode from 125 to over 1,000 in a year and a half. We saw the power of God move, but there's something that I want to tell you that was always there before the growth took place. There was always a refreshing or a renewal of the spirit of worship in the church. Whenever it happened, I recognized that there was always a renewal of worship, what God is doing in this place at this time now. And so in my leadership, I am telling everybody to prepare yourself for growth because the blessings of God comes because we have made a decision regarding our worship. And you as a congregation, you as a church family have made a decision. And if you have not, today we're going to make a decision regarding our worship. Why? Because it is the season of refreshing in worship. I have learned it also, this refreshing, it happens at a personal level. That it just doesn't happen because we get together and uh, on the three times on Sunday and we get together and, and we gather and we worship together and that's where the refreshing is. I have learned that it happens. God begins to speak to us on an individual basis. And that's what God is doing now. There are things that are happening to you, things that you are thinking, things that you are feeling that you haven't felt before or you're feeling it in a bigger way because God is moving us. He's asking us uh, to be obedient and to submit to the call of the Holy Spirit into worship. Now, it's not just individually either. It also is where the Holy Spirit does it collectively and he brings us together like even this morning. And the moment worship began, I was back there and then I walked up to the front the, morning, the, the moment that worship began, I felt that explosion, that rush of the presence of God today. And so I, I was talking to someone, and, and well, I was talking to Ronnie and a few others, and, and, and I, was, I was standing there, and it's just like this permeation of worship and anointing was there. And, and so after we had greeted each other and we're talking and laughing and all the different things and the joy that we had of greeting each other, that I kind of walked real fast to the front. And, uh, you know, gone is the day that if sometimes your pastor walks past you and doesn't acknowledge you, gone is the day that we don't get offended anymore. But I was racing up to the front because I wanted to join you in worship because God was doing something collectively. He then teaches us to be worshipers when no one else is around. Whoa. So there's going to be some crazy stuff you're going to start doing. You say crazy? Yeah, crazy to you. You know, some of us, it's like, this is worship. But you're going to go, and that's going to be crazy to you. But you know, God's doing something. Listen to it and humble yourself to it. I didn't say obey, I said humble yourself to it. Because there's a struggle we're gonna talk about today regarding worship and when God speaks. And, and the struggle we have is, is, is our, our personality conflict, our identity conflict that the world always talks about. And, and we forget who God is because if we forget who God is, then we forget who we are. And we forget the blessing that God has given and the blessing that we can be to others. Because the Bible says the blessings of, the, of, the, of God pours on the just. And because of the just, it'll pour on the unjust. So let me just tell you this. Your family, your friends, your coworkers, your business will begin to explode because you become a greater worshiper. And you begin to humble yourself to that. <clears throat> so now, what do I mean by what I just said there? Two weeks ago, remember, we talked about how sometimes I included or we 
get locked up in ourselves regarding one aspect of worship. In other words, this is worship, and if we don't experience this type of worship, then we're not worshiping. At times, God doesn't ask us to participate with worship publicly. Yes, we come to church and we worship together, but he, he doesn't ask us to do this publicly, but privately. I or we would, should be open, or we would be open to him if we would understand what God's trying to do. This watershed worship, God is, is trying to answer some of our prayers, and some of our prayers will be answered because we humble ourselves into worship and allow God to work with us in many different areas regarding worship. <clears throat> so why would he ask of this? The answer is in many cases, cases we would discover a streak, <laughs> a residue, and even pride we didn't know was there. There are things that go on <clears throat> regarding worship and Sometimes things happen, and because of the busyness of life, and we come in, and we're racing in, where we got up late because we worked all day yesterday. We worked 12, 14 hours yesterday, and then we got home and had to clean the house and had to do some yard work, and we just fell in bed, and we got up, and we didn't want to go to church, but because we're good Christians, we got up, and we went to church. But man, it's like, we're not ready to worship. We're not ready to do this thing. And then there's that song that years ago you didn't like, we began to sing. And pride sets in, and we begin to judge things in life. And so why God is asking us privately to do things in our own lives, because he's asking us, is there areas of our life that we have chosen to be hindered in our worship? That we have, been, we have chosen to only set in or step in or get involved if it's something that we like because we become very uncomfortable in things that we don't like. You know, some of you like country music. Some of you hate country music. But the reality is, is all music came from God. So the conclusion is I or we were embarrassed to open ourselves up widely to God, even if no one else is around. If no one else is around. Lifting of hands. Clapping. Singing your own song. Not singing with the radio. Singing your own song. What we did this morning. Declare with hands lifted high the victory of God that is in your life. The real liberation of our lives comes with openness and freedom to express worship to the Lord. There are people that get involved in worship and they want to express worship because they want everybody else to do it like them. And I want to tell you, they're not like you. They're like God. And when God speaks to them, they worship in their area and their ways. But here's the point is when we get into that, that area, we begin to choose what we will do and what we won't do. And the only question that I, I have on that, well, maybe not the only, I might have a couple more. But the only question I have on that, what if God asked you to do it? What if God asked you to do it? See, watershed worship is a flow that opens to our lives. The more we open ourselves to worship, this blessing God wants to pour out on us as a congregation comes through worship. And we've already talked about the faith in the word and all that, and that's all vital, important, mainstay of Christianity. But we need to understand God's plan of blessing, a flow, happens through our worship and our openness to him and or our closing to him where the blessing stops. 
That is the choice of where the water flows west, remember? And it goes into the desert. And it's not a, a deep stream. It is a little bit of water in the desert. And when the desert gets hot, it dries up. And that's where a lot of people face, Christians face today, because of their choices of worship, is they love God with all their heart, their tithers, their givers, they're doing all these things. But they have clothed, they become closed-minded on worship. And because they're closed-minded, when the heat comes in their life, the flow of blessing stops. So we must confront ourselves and have self-discovery discovery that there are biblical ways God is asking you to worship him in new ways. Are you with me? With new ways. You don't know how to sing a new song, then just start singing. I don't care if you don't have a good voice. I, you know, I'm going to kid you with this, but I just think that God's, because he created music and he created song, I think by the time your song gets to him, it sounds really good. There must be a filter in the sky, you know, just. If you don't know how to dance, I don't know how to dance. I look foolish, but you know what? There are times I've danced before the Lord. I look foolish, but it doesn't look foolish to the Lord. Remember the story of David? And his wife looked at, at him and was ashamed of him. See, you don't know how to raise in triumph your hands. Let's do it again. Raise your hands to the Lord. Amen. Let me just tell you, remember, hands at half mass indicated death. That was a joke, okay. Here's another question. Will you respond to God's promptings? Will you make a choice today to respond to God's promptings of worship? If you have to, get in your closet. Ladies, if you get really excited about worship, tell your husband, go for a walk. I don't care. Whatever it takes for you to just express to the Lord. Because it's to the Lord. It's not to please your husband or your friends or your church members, family, or your pastor. Now, let me just say this. To some of you, it sounds like what I'm trying to show you or to teach you is to do calisthenics with God. I'm not. I'm not asking you, well, you're not worshiping because, you know, you just do this or, you know, just move one leg, whatever. I'm telling you that this is what God is saying in the refreshing. And I would be remiss if I didn't tell you this in a strong way. God is prompting you to do it a new way and to think a new way. Watershed worship brings us to a confrontation to which way we are going to move. Like the watershed of the Rockies. The flow that is to the east is where the fruitfulness comes. The water flows down and goes through many tributaries. And it, it just goes in many different directions, producing much fruit. So many of us, as we begin to do this in the promptings of the Lord, there will be, we will be tributaries of that worship, of that flow, of that blessing. And it will go in different directions, but we come together as a whole, worshiping God, and it's like a symphony to the Lord. We will become a symphony to the Lord because we now have made those choices to worship in the promptings of the Holy Spirit. And as always, there is uh, a selfish extreme. Why I say selfish extreme? Because I want you to be extreme with God. I want you to know God with all your heart. I want you to grab hold of the things of the Lord and explode in this worship. But there are times when we come collective 
is that we begin to humble ourselves to one another and in our worship, we don't go off on a tangent somewhere. You understand what I'm saying? It's like we're all singing a song and the song ends and then someone keeps singing the song forever. Or someone starts dancing in the front and, and that's not where it is. So I'm talking about the selfish extreme. In other words, the selfish extreme is that you want to prove to others that you are a worshiper. Let me tell you, you don't have to prove to me you're a worshiper because God created you to be a worshiper, so I see you as a worshiper. Amen. And so when we move in this area, I'll tell you what, because right now, even on screen, that I am rubbing some people wrong. Because they think the openness of worship is to do whatever you do, wherever you do it, whatever. And I want to tell you, no. No, David was an opposite of those who were around him. David was worshiping with everybody in the same way, humbling and excited about the presence of the Lord. And he took his kingly robe off because he was worshiping the king of kings. The water flows down and goes through many tributaries, producing much fruit. So it's dealing with our insecurity of simply being free in his presence. We deal with it. Being open and transparent in a submissive heart to the Lord, to him. So today, let's talk about the will of worship the will of worship, or the will to worship. Last week, I talked about the way to worship, to understand uh, that one we once we worship, who says, come. The one who created us said, come. I, I want to dwell with you. I want, I want to uh, rest with you. I want to speak to you that we need to understand. So, so in that area, the way of worship, God created us. He said, worship, because I want to dwell with you. We, ha we understood that last week. Two weeks ago, we spoke of the wis wisdom of seeking. In other words, the wisdom of seeking is having a desire for the presence of God. The desire of the presence of God or the presence of God comes when we worship him. I also recognize that God wants me too. Not only in my worship that I want to worship the King of kings and Lord of lords, my creator, the lover of my life, he also loves me. He also desires to be with me and to seek me out and to spend time with me. And so as we understand those two things, then we have to get to the place of Building that house of worship. The house of worship consists of your personal life, your home, it consists of your business, and it consists of your church. So I am a worshiper everywhere I go. 2 Corinthians chapter 7 says, Our bodies are a tent, and let it be a place where the Lord dwells, the temple of the Holy Spirit. We talked about identification, that when we become born again, the Holy Spirit resides in our spirit. But what we want to do is to create every aspect of us spiritually, emotionally, physically, that, the, that God is the temple of our bodies, of our actions, of our mouth, everything that we are. And that's what we do. So there is a joint relationship. Listen closely now. I'm getting a little deep here, but I want you to just grab a hold of this. There is a joint relationship between the physical things we do and spiritual dynamics being released is why the Lord said to Moses, see that you build the tabernacle according to pattern. According to pattern. God told him, build this tabernacle, and this is how. This pattern grows and matures in you as an individual worshiper. Okay, now I'm going to just 
Say it in layman's terms. You have to understand is that in everything that we do with God, we grow and mature. And the pattern basically is the same. The pattern comes from why it was built. God is our creator. He's the king of kings and lord of lords. But the pattern will grow and mature in you. There will be when you begin to sing a new song, after a while you make an album. And you're singing five, six, seven, eight different songs when you're worshiping him as an individual. And and when you begin to mature in this area, it's not about the song that's sung from the platform, even though collectively this is vital that we humble and submit to what is being led from the platform. Amen. We do that. And you know what? People struggle with that. They struggle with that. They, they have a hard time with, with doing those things because they just like what they like and it's this way or it's not worship. Well, I'm telling you what, then you're going to have dry land and it's going to happen. And a lot of, we don't recognize it, but I'll tell you what, how many of you want to have a deep and wide flow of God's blessings every second of your life? Here we go. It's where it's at. So now let's go a little bit deeper here. The Holy Spirit is leading us to a pattern of worship today. Well, I don't like that music. That's not what we're talking about. It is a pattern of worship. Paul in the book of Romans, chapters 9 through 11, uh, he's talking about the mystery, and the mystery is this. There was a rejection of the Jews of their Messiah. And the fact that God in his grace to all of us does to the Jews what he does with you and me. All right? What does he do? God himself will bring them, the Jews, full circle back to a place that Paul, coming from a Jewish background, is rejoicing in. So what Paul is writing, he said, I want you to understand right now, it went to the Jew first, the gospel, now to the Gentiles, and now the Gentiles are receiving, the Jews are rejecting, but I want to tell you, God, because of who he is, is going to do a full circle, and the Jewish Israel will receive it one day, and you will see the greatest worship that you'll ever experience on this world, because Israel will accept the truth that Jesus Christ is the Messiah and Lord. Paul says, I thank God for this. Paul then describes the Lord will bring them all the way back so that all Israel will be impacted and brought to him as Savior. So let me read this passage again why he wrote this. I want to tell you, He wrote this because he was in the presence of God. He wrote this because he had been worshiping and the presence of God was huge and this is what he wrote. Let's read it again. Romans 11, 33. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Who has become his counselor? Or who has first given to him and it shall be repaid to him? For of him and through him and to him are all things. He was in the presence of God and he said, you're everything. You're everything. I love you, God. To whom you, God, be glory forever. Because Paul's passion was to minister to the Jewish race. And many were not listening. And his heart was broken. 
But when he saw who God is and he worshiped God, he knew God's grace was sufficient. And that one day, what he wrote, we call the Bible, what he wrote in the Bible is going to come to pass. Then he says, Romans 12, verse 1 and 2, and I'm going to paraphrase. I then beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, which is entirely acceptable. It's talking about worship unto God. That you might demonstrate what is perfect will by opening yourself and your worship to him. Prove his good and acceptable and perfect will through worship. And don't be conformed to this world which worships its own sense of values, but be conformed to him by the renewing of your mind. God is refreshing the church today. There is a renewing, and we need to begin to recognize it. Romans 12, verse 1 and 2, it mentions the intelligence of worship. Folks, it's smart to be a worshiper. Well, I can quote John chapter 1, great. Uh, You know what? That's awesome. We encourage that. That's real. But the intelligence of worship is there also. And the emotion of worship. We have to let go. We have to release ourselves. Today, we were prompted to sing that song. We were prompted. And I could tell in the congregation, and you know what I can say in your living room? That you were sitting there maybe even watching and not singing. But I'll tell you what, if some of you are in your your house, you could be dancing all over the place before the Lord because the worship is right The worship is real, it's powerful, and it will lead you into an intelligence of worship where you can go home and do it at home. So when Paul wrote this, again, he was in God's presence. Now, Paul was well-schooled in doctrine. He was a theologian of the day. He was one of the most... Uh, the, the greatest theologians of the day. He was not a man that was simply excitable either, but he was a man that corrects things when they're out of order. He is a man that calls people to openness. And so what he is doing and what God is saying today, he is bringing us back into order. And the order is this, worship me with everything. With all that said, Paul said this. It's your spiritual worship. Your worship is intelligent. You know, and I'm just going to be straight with you. There was a season, you know, uh, vineyard season, all the different things. People would be barking and all kinds and howling and all that. That ain't God. I don't care what you felt, the emotion you felt, that ain't God. That draws people to you. You start barking, you start doing stuff, people are going to automatically recognize that's not human and look. And it takes away from the Lord. But when you begin to use words and you begin to shout at the Lord, raise your hands in victory and jump up and down and dance before the Lord, that's God, that's what he created. It's a liberation of your emotions, but not a dominance of your emotions. I'll say that again. Worship is a liberation of your emotions, but it's not a dominance of your emotions of everything else. Well, pastor, I I just got so excited I couldn't handle it. Yes, you can. But I had to do that. I I can't control it. In in the, the gifts of the Spirit, People would just shout out and start doing stuff. And what was that, you know? And, well, God, God was just in me, and I just couldn't handle it. I just had to do it. No, you didn't. So I, I'm, I'm being like the Paul and bringing the instruction there 
Because you know what the enemy does when truth is taught? He tries to bring a deception. And here's where the deception comes. That when the word of God is taught, some people say, well, that's, that's not how I grew up. That's not how I was. I'm teaching you the word of God. If that's not how you grew up, then how you grew up wasn't right. Oops. Amen. And so if it's the word, then it's right. So, so here's what I'm trying to say to you is if you think that way, and I know we're here, we're, we're free here at this church. If you think that way, what you do then is you go home and you're frustrated. And then you let the sun go down on your wrath. And what we learn is that when you let the sun go down on your wrath, you open yourself up the next day for the deception of the enemy. And then the deception of the enemy comes in and tells you, they don't worship. They're out of line. They should worship like this. You need to go find a place that they worship like this. And when you find that place, guess what? He's going to do the same thing with you. Because one day they're going to do something, and you're not going to like it. And then you're going to be deceived again, and you're going to run to another place, and to another place, and to another place. You know, that, that's happened all the time through the years. Blessings of the Lord happens, a flow of the Holy Spirit happens, and then all of a sudden someone gets upset because, you know, the, the guitar's too loud, the piano, there's no organ. When I went to North Carolina, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, they knew how to worship, but they only worshiped if there was an organ. So the contemporary worship that had been going on for 15 years wasn't really there. And great people, wonderful people, but the church was dying. Church was dying. Young people were going over here and going over there because the worship, you know, was, well, anyways. So what happened is what I did is I went to the leadership, brought all the leadership in, brought all the elders in, brought the council in, everybody that came in, and I began to speak to them and say, this is what we need to do. And I said, what we're going to do is sister so-and-so, she's, she's a sweetheart. I mean, I, I would go to their house about once a month. I just love them. They're just old, right there, faithful people of God, all right? So I'd go to their house, and she says, well, you know, Pastor, I know you're trying to move the music to this. She says, if you ever want me to get off that organ, you just go ahead and tell me. I said, if I have to bring you in on a gurney, I'm going to keep you on that organ. But what I told her, if you don't know the songs, then play quieter. Okay, I can do that. And we got into the contemporary, and, and the church just exploded. Because why? The church knew the word. The church desired to worship. The church had the right heart, just like here. And now what we're going to do is we're going to see this worship. We're going to allow the worship team to bring us and to teach us and to guide us. And collectively, we're going to worship. But I want to tell you, it's not going to be as real as it should be if we don't go home and do it individually. Hello, family. Are you with me? Yes. Amen. Thank you. I know I'm speaking to you because you get real quiet. <laughs> so the summation of what I taught again is we worship with our mind. We worship with our spirit. We worship with our bodies, we worship with our emotions, and they all blend together. God doesn't call us to frenzy. We do it all at once. It's not a ritual. It's about freedom in Christ. I'm going to ask Melissa to come up. And as she's coming up, I, I just want to ask you to stand with me. And I'm going to ask you to make a proclamation. Are you at home watching uh, via the, the TV, your computer, your phone? Wherever you're at, if you're driving and you're listening, 
pull over. I'll give you a moment to pull over. Don't cut that person. No, I'm just kidding. I want to ask you, I'm not forcing anybody here, but I gave you the truth. And I gave you where the enemy brought in deception. And I gave you where the Lord's going to take us to a greater height. But I want to ask you to sing this old song. And in singing this old song, I want you to raise your hands and make a proclamation. Not to me. Not to Pastor Ryan and Melissa. But to God. And make a proclamation of what the song says. I believe Jack Hayford wrote this song. And it's powerful. Last thing I'll say, we're going to sing it through and then I'll say a few more words and then we're going to sing it again. God is asking us. He's prompting us. But there needs to be a proclamation from us as an individual. And then the second time around, as we make it plural to us as a congregation, to be an instrument of worship, to allow you and me to just bless God with everything we are, our whole being worshiping our God. Melissa. about those patterns none of them are listed in scripture so we won't be tied down to the ritual you look through the whole Bible and when it's you the person worshiping talks about hands and shouting and all that but it doesn't give a pattern why? Because there's a refreshing that happens in seasons. And in these refreshings, there are new patterns that are established, new songs that are established that are led, new ways of music that are brought in. Now, the patterns don't create fanaticism either, but create a freshness like if you've 
walked in a stuffy room and then walked outside, nice cool air and a breeze. You go, that's the freshness. And you know what that is? That's the overflow of God's blessing that is flowing towards you. So let's sing again. Make it a proclamation. Allow it to be, God, this is now not coming from a song that was written, but now it's a song in my heart. This is what I'm singing to you. Make me an instrument. because he knew your heart. Lord, we proclaim in Jesus' name by the power of the blood that was shed on the cross that we are now born again, freed up from the bondage of sin. And we now can be those worshipers that stays before the throne room of God that our lives in every area worship you that you are pleased with that worship. Thank you, Lord, for that freshness. We humble ourselves and we submit ourselves to the Holy Spirit in everything. We submit ourselves to the Holy Spirit at home as you prompt us to worship you, to do something different, to sing a new song. And as we gather together, Lord, may we come early, ready to worship and honor you, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. As worship begins, we are ready to shout before the Lord and dance before you because you are our creator. You are our healer and deliverer and our soon coming King. And we give you praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's shout before the Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord.